having prayers. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of the Smash Gazette podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Valentine's Day is over now. We're on to our not-so-sloppy seconds. Those second-round picks, Snoog, are straight gold. We're going to talk about what you know who you're able to get in the second round this year. And then we're going to talk about some guys that are they worth a second-round pick. What should we be looking to do with some of these guys that have fallen out of grace? Snoog. This this year's class, we keep talking about it. The second round picks are going to just keep getting better and better. If we talk about McCarthy maybe going to the first, Knicks might move up into the first. Some one or two of these running backs might move there, and you're going to find some absolute value, especially the early up to maybe two hundred five in this class. Yeah, the two hundred one to two hundred five range is going to be gold, just like last year was. I'm really excited about it, and we're going to kind of help you guys figure out when to move the seconds, what to move them for, and kind of give you a little smasher pass action with current players versus second round rookie values. I tend to like to hold them until the draft day itself. Mm-hmm. Because you get the guys that like to that you get the guys that don't have picks, right? And they're sitting at home looking at their phone while we're drafting rookies and they're like, damn, I got rookie fever. I want to make a pick. And they'll give you their Devontae Adams for the 203. And then mm-hmm. there you go. You're stealing gold from a baby so that's how you do it and we're gonna help you guys kind of figure out who is worth those seconds yo what kind of baby's got gold man that's awesome <laughs> you just you see from like uh like kanye's kid like <laughs> candy from a baby it's gold you're just straight taking gold and uh, make sure you guys listen to episode 2 to 11 we talked about all the veteran values that we absolutely love who are worth more than those second round picks guys that are you know elite that are going to give you production today's episode we want to really hone in on some of those guys where people are questioning, you know, are they worth a second round pick? Are What is the outlook for these particular players? Snoog, we're going to kind of go towards the early second. And I think the first guy I want to talk about, and I want to talk about the both both wide receivers in this situation, right now at the 201 to 203 range and the 212, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So Terry McLaurin right now is going 201 to 203. Jahan Dotson is going in that 2012, 212 range. Are these guys worth it in your estimation? And what kind of outlook should we be looking for for the Washington Commanders? Because Sam Howell's not going to be the quarterback this year. You know, they're not going to be in an area where it's Jacoby Brissett. One of these young quarterbacks is going to come in there, give them a shot in the arm. So let's say, let's say McLaurin or the 203, and then Dotson or the 212. Are you paying either of those for these wide receivers? I think I would for both because you get Drake May there, who's a po- prolific passer, just an absolute gunslinger. I have him comp to like a Jordan Love archetype. If he comes in there and they just build up that old line just a little bit, I mean, you you have the number one and number two options in the passing game that you're getting for the 203 and 212. I kind of like the 212 on Dotson a little bit better. I mean, he was a first round pick, so mm-hmm. he was like pick 15 or 16 too, so I think Jahan Dotson is, is a good, talented player, and I think he had the down year last year. I mean, like, who did good on the Commanders last year? Like, I swear Sam Howell threw all these passing yards to who? Like, he mm-hmm. had 1,000 passing yards, and I swear nobody did good on the team. So it's kind of crazy to say, but 
I, I think Tyron McLaurin is valued right at like that 203, 204 ish range. I think it's mm-hmm. who's there when I'm on the clock. Like I'd take a Xavier Worthy or like um, Adonai Mitchell if they go in round one or round two early and they're in a good landing spot over a guy like that. Like and this is what you and I talk about is like, it doesn't have to be this or that. So you would, just like we talked about before, where you don't want Geno Smith, so you're going to move up to Matthew Stafford. If you don't want Terry McLaurin, you move up to Devontae Adams. You know, you move up to Mike Evans. But I think Terry McLaurin, we got to see, you know, he has anyone had worse quarterback play? I mean, obviously Garrett Wilson has, but Terry McLaurin has seen a ton of quarterbacks. None of them have with competence. And when Jacoby Brissett took over last year, he actually was balling out. Like he was putting up some really nice numbers down the stretch. Terry McLaurin is that guy who's like, he's a wide receiver too for you. And if you can get him anything from, I would say anything 205 or later, I would smash that. Anything after 212 for Jahan Dotson, I would I would take that as well. Jahan Dotson is falling drastically in startup drafts into that like 13th round. You get into an area snoog where a guy has a promising rookie year and then you're like, okay, then he falls apart year two. How do you go about talking to people, letting them know, you know what, trust the process. This is what's going to happen. He had a great rookie year, but Washington threw the ball more than anybody. So he should have, he in theory should have had a great season. The way I look at it is like these type of prospects, the the Rashad Batemans, the Traylon Burks, the Jahan Dotson's like, usually what's holding them back is QB player injuries. It's been QB play for Dotson. It's been QB play and injuries for Burks. It's been injuries for Rashad Bateman. More times likely than not that they're going to end up being busts when they start mm-hmm. off with two horrible seasons like that, like not even startable. But it's always like you want to pick at that upside because there is third and fourth year breakouts in wide receivers, mm-hmm. especially when they get a big boost in QB play or they can stay healthy. Drake may coming to the commanders. Like things could get interesting for Jahan Dotson analytics and statistics point towards him being a bust. But if anyone's going to save that, it is elite QB play. So if Drake may can come in and be a prolific passer at the next mm-hmm. level, a gunslinger, high volume upside in that passing game with a new head coach there, like things could get interesting there for them. So I'm kind of excited to, I think I'd be more interested in giving like an early third, Yes, maybe like a mid third and a fourth for Dotson than pay yeah. early second for Terry. I think that's more where I'm at. But like I don't know, Traylon Burks, Dotson, two first round wideouts, good prospects. Like they were really solid prospects. Like elite hands. Dotson's a good route runner. He looked great in his rookie year. Yeah, and it's like out of nowhere, he just sucked. It's the like- tricky part is when it doesn't happen, and I gotta credit. Our guy, Dynasty Zoltan, you and I both love him. He he charted since 2015. There's been 130 wide receivers to run 150 plus routes. Okay. Of that or in that time, okay, over the combined 371 seasons across those guys that have had less than one yard per route run and have combined for only six seasons of 1.9. Honestly, he look hold on, let me the guys that are, have done that are are don't do anything from there on out. You know, and the guys that we're looking at, and this is where we really got to talk about separating those guys, because Dotson's one of them. Uh, but we look at other years. I mean, let's look at guys that were – we look at second-round picks, right? Mm-hmm. And this past year, 2022 or 2023, Snoog, we were spoiled. I mean, we had a, an amazing hit rate. But historically, we're looking more in that, what, 25 to 30% if we're lucky on the second-round picks. 
these guys are the ones I got. We really got to talk about, right? The guys in 2023 that that didn't cross that threshold that we're talking about for that 1.9 yard yards per route run. And Zoltan, if I mess it up, you come at and yell at me. But the Quentin Johnstons of the world, right? Ran a crazy amount of 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 you know snaps. Didn't get it done. The Sky Moores, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Rondale Moore, uh, you know Jalen Hyatt. What do we do with these guys? Like these are the guys that I think. We saw the tape. We saw the flash. The the guys that stick out to me most were Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, and Quentin Johnson. Yeah. I think all three of those, we saw the prospects. We saw especially Traylon Burks. I mean, Traylon Burks, before before the combine and before the everything really started to hash out, he was arguably the 101 in a lot yeah. of people's minds. Yeah, like was like consensus wide receiver one for a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and even above Brees Hall at certain points – in the actual college football season, people are like, this is the guy, right? You saw a lot of like, he. we wanted him to be A.J. Brown because he went to Tennessee. So, I mean, I'm not paying a second for any of them, but if I have the 301, would you buy Quentin Johnson, Traylon Burks, or Jahan Dotson for the 301? I would buy all of them for the 301. I yeah. think maybe not. I don't know because it's like, it depends on the league. Sometimes you get like, like I drafted Trey McBride in the 302 spot mm-hmm. years ago in that draft. And I drafted Jaden Reed 301 in this past draft in a league. So it's like, like I get guys that I really like as prospects that fall to me. And mm-hmm. that, then, then there's the David Bells, who was a guy I was really high on as a prospect. He was like my wide receiver eight in that class or seven. And I was drafting him everywhere. And like that late second, early third range. And like, he's dust now. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do with those guys? History usually tells you that they're going to suck, right? But Quentin Johnson, all right, he had a bad rookie year. Now it's that year two or year three breakout. He's got the elite QB play. He's got new coaching staff. There's no excuses for him now, right? The issue with him, we all knew he was going to be a little bit of a project. If he mm-hmm. hit his ceiling, the ceiling was crazy. And he almost had a really good rookie year, but he dropped everything. He dropped probably three 50-plus yard touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. I went to the Pats Chargers game. I watched him drop two passes of like 30-plus yards. This is a guy that if he catches all those or maybe just drops one or two like normal wideouts, he comes down with 750-plus yards and maybe five, six touchdowns, and it's like this promise. Like he's going to be good next year. Like his value doesn't take a hit like it did. So it's tough with those type of receivers, but sometimes they just suck and they can't translate to the next level. Yeah, for, I like to believe it's QB play and injury, but man, I don't even think he had one plus yard per route run this year. So no, that's what we're. I mean, you look at for every guy that that pans out into into that area. You look at all the Nikhil Harrys, the Doriel Green Beckhams, the guys that we wanted to like. You know where they were like, oh man, look what they did in college, and then they get there, and you're like, okay, year one wasn't promising. Let's move on to year two. And the more I do that, the more I'm like, if I didn't see the flashes, I'm starting to move. I would buy for the 301. I have no problem with that because you look at last year's third round. You got me Tank Dell went in the third round. Chase Brown, Luke Musgrave. Heck, I mean, in some leagues, Puka Nakua was going in that area. You were you were getting some decent players in that third round. and But for every one of those guys, you have your, your Zach Evans and your your Abanacondas and Cedric Tillmans and Eric Grays and Deuce Vaughn. So it's like... Third rounders, the hit rate, maybe 8%, 12% max is about what you're going to get. So at least here you're getting a guy where if you trade for those guys, a guy that was drafted round one, most times 
in that third round. You're not going to get a wide receiver who was drafted in round one. It doesn't have that draft capital. I really want to believe that Traylon Burks is going to pan out. I like, I really do. But I think right now you're going to get a third round pick for him. So you might as well hold on to him. Like people are saying, hey, what do I do with him? You can't trade him for the, I mean, if you trade him for the 305 and he pops off, what are you going to do? You know, if you use him to upgrade, so you, let's say you add Traylon Burks in a second to get to, oh gosh, it seems dirty, but like two, we just talked about Terry McLaurin or Mike Evans or even, you know, Josh Downs or something like that. Are those moves that you would consider making or are you just kind of holding that guy, riding him out till, till the, you know, the cows come home? I'm trying to find that person that still believes in him and trying to get as most value as I can. Otherwise, I'm holding. A guy that I really want to hit the head on is Rashad Bateman. Like This is a guy that yeah. considered as elite of a prospect as you can get. Fell a little bit in the draft, went to the Ravens, and a run-heavy offensive scheme got lost in the sauce. Flashed like crazy last year and then hurt his foot after a great start with Lamar. Mm-hmm. He, he flashed some elite route running and some playmaking from time to time this year. It's almost like did the Ravens fail him or are they just not utilizing him how he needs to be used? I don't I always was a I wasn't high on him like everyone was. And then I talked myself into him like crazy last year. And then I like now I like look at it like like how good really is he? Like is he really that good? Or like were people just gaslighting him just because of like the prospect he mm-hmm. was analytically? And it's like it's tough to say, but like that's someone that I'd be willing to give up like a third for is like a yeah. like someone that had insane value, fell a bit because injury, got lost in the sauce because they draft Zay. Like he's a guy I could see going to a new team, finding yeah. a new home and, and reviving his career. Kind of like doing a, a Corey Davis type thing where it was like, yeah. okay, you you were the prospect and then he had a you know a nice season in there where he he moved on to somewhere else. And I think the part that you hit on there that was key was an injury or a change in situation, right? But you look at Quentin Johnston, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, they had opportunity. So the opportunity didn't disappear. They were they were healthy as well. So that's the tricky part there, right? Is like, we're looking at the opportunity was there. Rashad Bateman might be a better buy than than all, all those other three because of that. Who would you prefer out of those four? I think I'd probably take Rashad Bateman. It's tricky. I didn't think about that before we were just talking right there, like, to be honest. And I, I, I mean, all of them are falling to that round 14, 15. And sometimes those guys you look at, like an Elijah, you know, those guys that flash a little bit fall to the 14th round. The the Traylon Burks, the, you know, Elijah Moore, who we wanted to pop off, the Rashad Bateman, the, you know, guys that just, you're not quite sure what to do with and what, what that what happens there. What about a guy like Marvin Mims? We saw Marvin Mims this past year. I know you liked him a lot in the process, as did I coming out. And then this year, you know, he goes to Denver. He shows some deep playability. If somebody leaves, if they get a different quarterback there, I mean, does Marvin Mims have have the juice to be worth more than that 301? Is could he be worth someone that's worth a second? Yeah, he was, I think he was my wide receiver six during the post-draft process, but I fell out of love with him. Like after he had his first few like flashes, I sold mm-hmm. him like every league. Cause I, yeah. in my head, I'm like, all right, Russ has probably gone long-term. He's buried in this wide receiver room. I just didn't see the fit and the skill set long-term with him. 
being elite, but I think the prospect is good. And he's a really good vertical threat, but that's kind of really all he is. And I learned to like realize that he's kind of more of that like deep threat, like mm-hmm. not being an elite route runner, consistently getting open, consistently commanding targets. So he's someone I felt I was in love with, felt out of love with. And I started to f- kind of focus more on like the tank Dells, Jaden Reeds and I, Dan Dontavian Wicks was a guy that I really liked a lot until he went fifth round in the NFL draft because he ran mm-hmm. a damn four six seven forty. But Marvin Mims was just a clean prospect, early declare, checked every box, good analytically, good downfield, like played good regardless of the QB at Oklahoma. So you can't go wrong with him. I definitely probably prefer him over like the Elijah Moore's, the Traylon Burks's, the Dotsons, just because. He he was a second round pick, mm-hmm. very behind Sutton and Judy. had had his flashes. He didn't play much though, so there's definitely still upside and there. Just Denver's talking about Russ now, but Denver's talking about really trying to move up for one of these quarterbacks. Drake May goes to Denver. He seems like a Denver kind of guy, you know. Where I think they get him an opportunity. I would be willing to pay the two twelve, but I wouldn't go too much higher. You know, like I think in the second round, if they don't flash, we got to move ourselves into that area. I want to talk about some other guys. Why? And it's typically wide receivers, right? Running backs, we see it right away. You either have it or you don't. You're going to see that opportunity, you know, year one. Some guys that I think really are, are people worried about is Jamison Williams and Jerry Judy. Both of them elite profiles coming in from Alabama right? Both of them have just been so underproducing. Jamison Williams is on that injury end that we've seen. Jerry Judy's suffered from poor quarterback play, but... And injury end, yeah. And injury. So, I mean, these guys both have they're both um, a different level ceiling than the guys that we've been talking about. If you're at that 210 in your rookie draft, would you give an opportunity for these two guys? Would you Would you give yeah, the... What about 208? I would. 205? That's drawing the line. I that's what I thought too. Yeah, I think that's right in that area. But they're falling in in, in startup drafts. There, you're going to be able to buy them cheap. If you had to choose between Jerry Judy, 24 years old, James Williams, 22 years old, which one are you taking? I'd lean JMO just because of the upside. But I mean, Jerry Judy's still an elite route runner. He's still a good player. I think he just needs a a revive somewhere else. Like I think, yeah. He never lived up to his expectations after a phenomenal end stretch of two years ago. Everyone gave he gave us promise, right? We're like, all right, now it's time for him to get rolling. Like mm-hmm. him and Russ started figuring it out. Just shy of a thousand yards, missed four games. Like he had a gr- like a really, really, really solid flashing in that year, and then just a complete disappointment this year. Yeah, he and it's really dropped his sock. I mean, right now on keep trade cut, if you if you take a look, and I want you to I want you to keep one, trade one, cut one. Their values are almost identical, believe it or not. Is Jamison Williams, Jerry Judy, and Dontavian Wicks? Oh wow, this is tough. I think I'm gonna keep Dontavian Wicks. I really do. I think the upside there and how well he flashed, even though he was a fifth round pick in his rookie year was just great like he was really good i think he's is is green bay a situation where we're going to be frustrated with who produces each week because let's say i mean we got to look at christian watson will be back this year and when he played he demanded much more targets wicks was in there reed was in there dobbs was in there and you just kind of look at it and reed is the slight edge but I think there's going to be weeks where it's like you see Wicks balled out. I mean, he really did down there, down the stretch. So it's like, I'm not faulting you there at all. I'm just like, 
I want to know who that number two is there. Is Reed the alpha? Is Christian Watson going to bounce back, who I know you absolutely hate? Yeah. Or Romeo Dobbs had a, had a good season as well? I mean, or is this just like, let's rotate it a little bit? It probably is a little bit of everything, but I think one and two is definitely going to be Reed and Wicks. Assuming okay. they don't bring somebody else in going into next year, that's what I think it's going to be. I think Wicks is – they're both really good at opposite things, which is good that they complement each other well. And I think there's so much development for Dontavian Wicks. He's an athletic route runner. He's good off the line. He's great at pass blocking and run blocking. Like Those are huge for those wideouts that put in the effort, and they're always in there getting dirty, running or blocking for their running backs. He's physical, and he mm-hmm. was really good. His last four games, I mean, he, was, he had like 15-10, 24-10. He started to really get the get the ball rolling for him. He missed two games and had 550, 80 plus yards or something like that. Like he probably was going to sniff 650, 700 yards, which is good for a fifth round rookie pick, right? Like absolutely, he's fifth round. Other than Puka and then Amon Ross St. Brown was a fourth rounder. It's like they're nothing. They're usually never nothing, and it's like mm-hmm. Wicks probably was a day two guy if he ran like a four or five, like everyone expected. Because he's so he excels downfield as a vertical threat too, so I I just think the passing volume with Love there being a consistent four thousand yard passer, a good scheme, good offensive minded head coach. I just think Wicks's upside's really high, but Jamison Williams, I think his like if he can cement into that wide receiver two role, although there is a lot of mouths to feed, he's such a right. That's the tricky part, part, right? I when we had him coming out, my biggest thing for Jamison Williams was. He's going to be great for the Lions, but he's not going to be great for fantasy, right? Like he's going to he opens things up. At best, he's fourth in targets on that team. At best, like you, I, I see zero scenario where he gets more targets than Gibbs, Laporta, or Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, so like that's the tricky part. I think you're going to get you're going to get a Will Fuller type. You know, you're going to have you're going to have some games where he puts up. 90 yards and two touchdowns. And then you're going to have the next week where he puts two catches for 36 yards and you're going to hate it. You know, and that's, that's where I, I'm actually, I'm thinking, and I'm believing in Judy going somewhere else is my keep out of those three, but I can see him also probably having the least value out of the three right now. You know, so I'm, I'm low key buying in on Jerry Judy just because he's still 24 years old. Bottom for 26 seconds. That's yeah. yeah. I I think if you look at his yards of separation per route run, it's always top five every single season. So, I mean, like, it's got to be – he's getting open. Get him the ball. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm in Kansas City, just in that, that like, Rashi thank, type role. It's just like – So, Kansas City's where everybody wants some of these guys to go. I saw Hollywood Brown tweet out today something about, you know, he would love to play for – with Patrick Mahomes, you know. So, Hollywood Brown is an interesting one. He has gone from – in the off season, where everybody was buying him and he was going for the one twelve, now he's going for the two twelve. So I would buy. He's I am take over all these guys we've talked. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Right now in keep trade cut, he's behind Jahan Dotson. He's behind you know Jamison Williams. He is way down here. I mean, his value is as the wide receiver forty three. That does not add up to me. Marquise Brown is a first round pick. He's flashed as a, you know, he's shown that he can be a wide receiver one with Kyler Murray when, when he was there. I think he ultimately goes somewhere else. And I think he's going to be good for fantasy. You know, his early part of his career, Lamar Jackson didn't really unlock him the way we wanted him to. Kyler did for a little bit this year. He was banged up. And I think he's a, a great buy for something in that 
208 or later range, I think is an absolute steal for Hollywood Brown. What are you doing with Christian Kirk? He's someone that absolutely disappointed this year. I mean, he was like the wide receiver 50, had 150 yeah. fantasy points, and just – Oh, I'm buying. I'm still buying. buying miss, miss five games. Yeah, that's the thing. I think in 2022, he was a back-end – I think he finished wide receiver 12 wide receiver or wide receiver 13. Okay, so he was, he was a back-end wide receiver one. Then they go and get Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley leaves this year, and I think they draft – I think they draft an, an upside wide receiver, but I think Christian Kirk is that security blanket for Trevor Lawrence again, who could be wide receiver. Thomas there. Yeah, I me too. It. But I think, I think compliment with Kirk. Kirk could be a nice wide receiver too this season, and right now he's going for the 206. Yeah. I, I, I prefer Christian Kirk over the 206 right now. Yeah, I mean, 12.5 fantasy points per game on pace for 212, like, 212 points for the year. I mean, it's – strong flex play and we know what his ceiling is like wide receiver 11 we've seen that we've also seen his floor being like that strong wide receiver three upside flex play so i think with ridley leaving and then bringing in a rookie receiver granted that rookie receiver doesn't have a crazy crazy first year there's a good chance chris kirk again it's tough with the evan ingram kind of revival Mm -hmm. because they're they're both dominating that slot receiver spot so I think it stinks for Christian Kirk a little bit. So I'm, I'm not high on Kirk personally, but I can see why people are. What they need, like I think they're going to get a true alpha X wide out to dominate that outside, like a Brian Thomas or a Mike Evans out of free agency. Whoever then, it is is going to be yeah. going to have some serious value. Sticking with Christians, though, man, let's talk about Christian Watson. And I wasn't going to turn this into a religious type co- podcast. But, you know, last year, I remember I distinctly putting out a tweet that says, Eight wide receivers have finished their rookie season with 2.25 yards per route run since 2006. Five of them finished inside the top 12 the next year. And that was an Alave and Christian Watson tweet because both of those guys did that in 2022. Christian Watson has shown flashes, right? I know he's someone that, that you and I have, you know, taken different sides on, but I'm having a hard time investing right now like i had i had opportunities where i was like okay should i take christian watson here at the 12th round at the 11th round and i just kept finding excuses to not draft him but then i started looking a little bit you know he was banged up he missed weeks one through three he week four he only played 46 percent of the snaps really started to you know week seven eight nine ten Really bad. Week 12 and 13, he finished inside as a wide receiver one on both of them. The only two that he got over eight targets the entire season. So is th- is this a situation where Christian Watson wasn't performing because he didn't get a lot of opportunities? He's coming back from the injury. Mm-hmm. You know, we, or is he a value right now? I've seen him go for the 212. And I think based off the draft capital, based off the upside, someone in Green Bay is going to pan out. That, yeah. That's for sure. But I'm out. I think this is a situation where I take Christian Watson and I pair him with a second to get a wide receiver I want. Yeah, it's, he is such an incredible athlete. He's just such a raw player. I mean, he scored five touchdowns in nine games, 101 yeah. fantasy points, missed a lot of time due to I mean, injury. And I think right. that's becoming a reoccurring thing with him, right? You can't be uh-huh. 6'4", 200 pounds and run a 4'340 and, and stay healthy unless you're like an A.J. Green, Julio Jones type generational wide receiver and he's just not let's let's play a little let's play a little watson or the other guy so this is keep trade cut right now has him all the way up a wide receiver 
above Christian Kirk. So we'll go Christian Christian wow. Watson over Cooper Cup right now. That was wow. not even close. How about Josh Downs? Downs. Godwin. Godwin. Keenan. Keenan. Dobbs. I don't know. Probably Deontay. Dobbs. Probably Dobbs. Deontay. Ridley. Ridley. I'm Hollywood. So low on Christian Watson. Hollywood. Hollywood. Right? So, like, I, I mean, he is falling. He's going. If you can get him in, in some of your leagues, if you can trade him for, for those guys, I would absolutely do that because, in my mind, he kind of belongs more in that other area, you know, that, that's kind of a little bit more tricky. Someone that's flashed a lot that I know a lot of people really like who I'm not, you know, I have zero shares of him and I'm perfectly fine with that, is Demario Douglas. People have been, I've seen, been trading for 25 seconds for Demario Douglas and saying he's the best wide receiver in New England, you know, and that's like, that's like, uh, you know, nope, not something I'm interested in. You know, like that's someone where they, they are going to draft someone else. They're going to bring someone else. They have tons of capital. They're not going to, they're either going to trade for a quarterback or they're going to invest in a quarterback. And they're, I think they go, they're going to try to bring in a wide receiver. And I think Douglas is someone that is like a poor man's Josh Downs at best. Yeah. Where people, I, I cannot see paying a 25 second or anything in that second round range yeah. for he's, him. He's a good playmaker. He's like a good number three to have on an offense. I, I don't see a scenario he go, they go into the season with just him. But if mm-hmm. they, if the Pats somehow landed like Drake May, drafted like a Lad McConkey or like a mm-hmm. Adonai, Adonai Mitchell in that round two spot, and then they, they paired him with Douglas, maybe Douglas could see a 100 plus target season just because he's so good in that short area. He'd make it easy mm-hmm. on the quarterback. I, I, if I can get a second, any second, I'm taking the second. But like a third, smash. I'd probably hold them. I'd probably hold yeah, them. Yeah, I've smashed for a second. The other guy that falls into that category, and he, he had a decent rookie season, is Michael Wilson. Everybody's like, hey, yeah. I'm buying Michael Wilson now. Uh, okay, Marvin Harrison yeah, Jr. Yeah, is yeah, or, or Neighbors is coming in. Trey McBride is the number two. And they have plenty of money under the cap where I could see them bringing in someone else. Michael oh, Wilson cool. doesn't. Doesn't seem like a guy to me that is a sound investment for a second round rookie pick. I'd sell him, yeah. You know, like right now in keep trade cut, he's ranked above DeAndre Hopkins, above Wandale Robinson, above you know some guys that I, I personally, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a a savvy buy in that area. Even above, you know, I know Michael Wilson's tw- or Mike Williams is twenty twenty nine years old, but he'll be coming back. Uh, Rashid Shahid is someone that I think is is a solid guy in that area. Like I think. Sometimes we get excited and we want to just buy someone because they showed a little bit of flash because we talk about it with insulated trades all the time. We're trying to assess that next guy. But if you're trading and trying to assess for Demario Douglas or a Michael Wilson, I don't think that's how you actually pan out and win some of these kind of moves. Yeah, absolutely. I would throw guys like Jalen Hyatt, Wanda Robinson, Mm -hmm. um, thinking just Sky Moore is like those type of guys. I think the best, options buying those type of guys are the ones that struggled because of QB play, not the ones mm-hmm. that struggled because of their talent. Like Sky Moore struggles because he's just not good at football. Wanda <laughs> that's, Robinson that's... and Jalen Hyatt probably struggled because they had Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito throwing the football to them. So that's another assessment that I like to look at is like, who was their quarterback? Who are they throwing the football to? Who was their offensive coordinator? Like, were they in just a disaster or what? Like, mm-hmm. Elijah Moore. Like, 
what's his excuse? I mean, Flacco, there's none anymore. He had a nice little flash. Today. Exactly. He had a nice little flash with the Jets. Disappeared. I, I'm out on him completely. Let's look at the tight end possession because, you know, there was a time where we could just say, you know what, I'm going to buy a veteran for a 20, 24 second. I'm going to buy a veteran tight end. I'm going to work that way. And yes, I would absolutely, if you can get, you know, David Njoku, you can get Evan Ingram, Cole Komet. I'm buying them for seconds all day. Jake Ferguson, I think that's okay. You know, then we start to look at some of these guys that were rookies this year. So I want to look at Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, and Taylor Craft. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Craft versus Luke Musgrave is an interesting one for me because I feel like people are one side or the other. But much like the other Green Bay situation, I mean, is this someone where when we had Musgrave, he had a couple of tight end one weeks, and then you saw what Craft did when Musgrave went down, and he had multiple tight end weeks. So, like, where do you rank these guys? Like for me, there's so many mouths to feed in Green Bay. I struggle with it. I think Musgrave was the better prospect. I think Kraft is the better player. So I mean, Kraft, from when Musgrave went out, tight end, you know, he averaged, he was up over 10 points almost every single week. He had a tight end six. He was always falling in that tight end two range, six targets per game, you know, and I, I thought he, he definitely showed some flashes. Musgrave definitely was the better prospect coming out, but he had some monster weeks early on in the season. Yeah, Musgrave's definitely a better prospect, much better athlete, like I said, but I think it depends who's healthy between them. I mean, they drafted both of them day two. Musgrave mm-hmm. was drafted in the second round. Musgrave's a crazy good athlete. The upside's definitely there for Musgrave, but I think Kraft is just the more sound, better player and will be like I, I think Green Bay legitimately crushed their day two of last year. Like oh, yeah. they got Reed, they got Wicks in day three, they got Kraft in Musgrave, like would you pay they're a second for either of them, though? But they're very sound oh, players. I'm with you. Would you pay a second for either of them? I don't think I would. I'd rather no. second and get like a mayor. Well, so mayor for me right now is a screaming buy at the tight end yeah, position same. because he was up there, you know, right in that same conversation with Kincaid and Laporta at you know in the. Most people had him as their tight end one before Buffalo took Kincaid, you know, and before Laporta went where he went. So I think if I'm buying a second round pick, I would much rather have, you know, rather pay an early second for Mayer than I would to buy either of those guys right now. Yeah, same. I would definitely much rather. Ferguson, Musgrave, or Andrews? Yeah, Nick's asking a question here. Who does he move? So this is. Hold them all. He's hold them all. I, I personally would move Ferguson, you know, yeah. because of the, the tight end. Mid to early second form. You're going to get the tight end regression there. I think, you know, he scored, what, 13 touchdowns? Like, he was double-digit double, double digit touchdowns. Andrews is a buy. I think Mark Andrews is, is too cheap right now. Some people have moved him down to their dynasty, you know, tight end four range, and I think he's definitely there. Musgrave, you're not going to get very much. So, good question, Nick. Love those questions where you guys, you know, chime in there. Snoog, if we're looking at the rest of that tight end market, I mean, are you willing to let's take a look at some of the other tight ends that go in that area? Isaiah Likely, Pat Fryermuth, and Kate Otten, I've actually seen go for seconds. Would you pay a second for any of them right now? I think I would for Pat Fry. I wouldn't pay a second for the other two. Correct. I would pay it. Fryermuth, like we talked about with Deontay Johnson and Pickens, they're going to get a quarterback upgrade. Briarmouth has been a back end tight end one or an early tight end two. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah likely you're almost playing like a handcuff game. 
You know, like people are thinking he's going to eat into Mark Andrews. I don't see it. I just see this as a scenario where he's great if he goes down, but otherwise I'm not touching him. Yeah, I agree 100%. So we just wanted to bring you guys some of these second rounders, some of these guys that, you know, it, it gets a little bit dicey. You're trying to figure out, should I trust this guy in Dynasty? Is this someone that, you know, is it time to move on? And it, it becomes a very difficult scenario of when to make that decision, you know, because you've you've invested, especially if you draft a guy at the 205 and you're like, oh, I love this guy. You're like, I drafted him, right? He's someone that throughout the process, I really enjoyed his tape and I wanted to make sure that he was someone that I kept on my team and you end up holding him way too long. Like, Snook, when's that, that, that proper time? Like, if someone didn't pan out from last year's second rounder, let's say you took a guy in the second, he did not pan out. When do you start to look to move off him and tear up? Because if you don't tear up now, you're going to end up losing some value potentially. Yeah, I, I don't like to lose too much value, but you can kind of tell. I think two years is, is like the threshold. I think one year is a wash. Like rookies, they don't always get to be used the way they are, especially if they're in situations like JSN was in Seattle where he's playing behind Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and a run heavy offense, right? But like if you look at like, guys that literally did nothing at all or like a sky more and then they sucked in year two as well and then usually that third year they're gonna suck again and then it's like all right now it's time to move on past this guy so i usually give it two years and then i reassess my like is this guy really that good what can i get mm -hmm. for him now if i took him 201 can i get 210 or am i yeah. trade him for like a, a late third and it's not even worth it at that point so real quick hitter let's hit the quarterbacks there's going to be a lot of shuffling. There's new guys coming in. We're going to say 212, smash or pass. Kenny Pickett. 212. He gone. No more Kenny Pickett. You and I own zero shares, and I'm so happy about it. He was the uh, guy that I hate. I yeah. flamed all last year and it ended up working out. Desmond Ritter. 212. Mac Jones. I like Mac better than all of them, but I just don't know where Mac's going to find. And if Mac finds a starting job, him, but. I don't know if he's gonna, so probably two twelve. Sam Howell. Howell. Jimmy Garoppolo. Two twelve. Ryan Tannehill. Two twelve. Aiden O'Connell. I'd take O'Connell. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm definitely there. Starts. Yeah, there's there's some guys that could potentially move in and get some some starting spots, you know, and kind of move around. So sometimes you can go ahead and assess like Ryan Tannehill could be a stopgap quarterback somewhere. You know, Sam Darnold could be a stopgap quarterback somewhere, just like Gardner Minshew, where they could ascend some value in the startup draft. You want to take those guys late, but at at this point, we're not investing second round picks. So, guys, this was just a a quick one where we had a lot of questions about. You know about the Jahan Dotsons, the Quentin Johnstons, the guys like that. Where what are we doing with them? How do we, uh, you know, how do we look at those second round picks? Should we reinvest and move on? Great show, Snoog. Appreciate it. As always, thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Sloppy seconds.